going to look at Matthew chapter 15, verses 21 through 28. I thank God for his hand of protection. We've had so many people have situations that could have been so terrible, and yet the Lord has spared them. Uh, Bill and Billy here and Nick and, and uh, Donald and Dustin, just uh, incredible, and, and others as well. Thank God for his hand of protection in 2017, but I'm ready to say bye-bye to 2017 and hello to 2018. My dad used to have a saying in sales, today is the first day of the rest of your life, and it was a mechanism that he used to try to encourage himself. I forgive myself of all my past problems and I have a new day ahead. And I feel that's where we are right now on this New Year's Eve. And go Tigers as well. Don't think I've forgotten about that. Go Tigers. We're praying for Coach O. We have been, and it helped, all right? Uh, Matthew chapter 15, verse 21. Then Jesus went out from there and departed to the region of Tyre and Sidon. And behold, a woman of Canaan came from the region and cried out to him, saying, Have mercy on me, O Lord, son of David. My daughter is severely demon-possessed. But he answered her not a word. And his disciples came and urged him, saying, Send her away, for she cries out after us. But he answered and said, I was not sent except to the lost sheep of the house of Israel. Then she came and worshipped him, saying, Lord, help me. But he answered and said, It is not good to take the children's bread and throw it to the little dogs. She said, yes, Lord, yet even the little dogs eat the crumbs which fall from their master's table. The Mark 7 says it like this. Even the little dogs under the table eat from the children's crumb. Then Jesus answered and said to her, O woman, great is your faith. One of only a couple of times Jesus ever said that. He said, let it, to be, let it be to you as you desire. And her daughter was healed from that very hour. And I'd like to preach from this my final installment in our series, Hope for the Holidays. I want to say a prayer. Father, thank you so much for your word, for your faithfulness and your goodness. I pray that you would speak new hope into our hearts today for this next year, for today. And I pray, God, that you would do it all in Jesus' name. Everybody say amen. God bless you. You may be seated. We started this series looking at the Christmas story from Mark's perspective, how different it would have looked. Instead of seeing a babe wrapped in swaddling clothes lying in a manger, well, from Mark's perspective, we saw it was a man wrapped in camel skins out in the wilderness preaching a simple message, repent, prepare the way of the Lord, repent, change your way of thinking, change your mindset. And then we looked at the story of Nazareth. Somebody from Galilee, which was already despised, looked at somebody from Nazareth in Galilee and said, can anything good come out of Nazareth? It was the most despicable place, and yet we saw how Mary and Joseph did come out of Nazareth, as well as Jesus. And today we're looking at a woman who was desperate for the healing of her daughter. I find this story compelling because this woman is a Gentile. And as such, at the time of this story, she had no right, 
no access to the supernatural healing power of God. In Ephesians 2.12, Paul put it like this. She was without God, without hope, a stranger to the covenants of promise. The door to the promise of healing had not been opened to this woman, not yet. And her people were in need of healing. There was a lot of messed up stuff in her culture. They worshipped Baal, which included offering children as sacrifices to this false god. They worshipped Ashtoreth, which was a religion filled with all kinds of perversion. Her people were the sworn enemies of Israel and the one true and living God. She had ancestors, if you trace her family tree back, with names like this, Delilah, Goliath, Jezebel, a lot of wickedness. And this woman herself was far from perfect. Undoubtedly, she could have, she should have raised her daughter in a way that would not have left her vulnerable, exposed. She should have protected her from the evils that were inherent in her culture, but this woman did not. And the result was her daughter was possessed by a demon or by demons. If one were brutally honest with this lady, one could say to her, you're just reaping what you've sown. The chickens have come home to roost. You're a day late and a dollar short, lady. Your daughter's issues are a result of your failures. Now, that's brutal. This daughter was demon-possessed. Folks, the devil is not a little red guy with a pitchfork and a tail and little horns on the side of a deviled ham can. Anybody even know what deviled ham is anymore? That's an old thing, I guess. The devil is mean. He is absolute evil. He has no conscience holding him back from evil. He is an enemy to all of humanity. Jesus said he only comes to steal, to kill, and to destroy. He's observed humanity for millennia, and he knows our weaknesses and our vulnerabilities. Since the fall of mankind, which was because Adam and Eve fell, because of the temptation of the devil, since that fall, mankind has found himself in this self-destructive cycle. We're bad enough on our own, but when you inject the direct personal influence of a ruthless devil into the mix, you've got a recipe for disaster. And this girl in our reading, this woman's daughter, had fallen into the constant, continuous possession of demons, and it was bad. Even for a bad girl from a bad place, it was really, really bad. This mother had no hope. Who was she going to go to? Baal? Was she going to go to Ashtoreth? Was she going to go to the priest in her culture? But somehow, some way, from somebody, this mother heard about Jesus. She picked up enough information to know that he was the Lord of all. He was the Almighty. She calls him Lord. She also knew that he was the son of David, 
which she knew to mean the king of the Jews sitting on the throne of his father David. So this son of David, just by identifying him as God and as the son of David, she knew that he had enough power to heal her daughter and crush the influence of the devil that was controlling this girl. But she doesn't come to Jesus crying out for power. She comes to Jesus crying out for mercy. Because she knew if I can get his mercy, then I will get his power as well. You see it in scripture. His power is released as a direct result of his mercy. In Matthew 14, Jesus looks at this huge crowd and it says that he was moved with compassion and the power of God through him healed them all. But what came first? That mercy. His power follows his mercy. No wonder David said in Psalm 23, Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life and then I'll dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Because that mercy would bring the power of God that would help him flow into that house of the Lord. The power of God follows the mercy of the Lord. Psalm 103, 11 through 14 says, For as the heavens are high above the earth, so great is his mercy toward those who fear him. And as far as the east is from the west, so far has he removed our transgressions from us. As a father, listen to this, pities his children, has mercy on his children, So the Lord has mercy on those who fear him, for he knows our frame and he remembers that we are dust. Now remember, technically, this woman, she's not supposed to have access, not yet, to the power of God. And her daughter is demon-possessed. That would have included, surely, at least dysfunction, if not promiscuity, addiction, disorders, and this Canaanite mother understandably had to see herself as having failed and let her daughter down. She's a bad parent. She's a woman who has sown to the wind, and she's reaping the whirlwind. And yet, when she hears about Jesus, she makes this turn and decides, I'm going to forget my past. Yesterday's gone. I can't do anything about it. I'm going to forget the failures of my culture I'm going to forget the failures of my people and I am going after this mercy from this man, Jesus of Nazareth. She knew it again. If I can get his mercy, maybe I can get his power and his power is greater than any power the devil has brought against my family. Can I tell you, the power of God is greater than any power the devil has brought against you and your family. And she wasn't perfect. She hadn't done everything right. Who amongst us has, right? I mean, as a parent, as a human being, have you done everything right? Not a single one of us. But I'm telling you, don't stop pursuing the mercy of God. Focus on that mercy of God. Because if you can get to his mercy, you can get to his power. The Lord is good. And his mercy is everlasting. His mercies are new every single morning. When you get up every day, you need to understand There's mercy for me. Just like those Israelites had manna every day when they got up. You got new mercies every day waiting on you. Mercy. And if you can get the mercy, I'm telling you, you can get the power. 
Now, here's what's interesting. Jesus responds. That sounds good, doesn't it? What I just preached, it sounds awesome. Oh, have mercy on me, Lord. Here's what Jesus does. He completely ignores her. How rude, right? Don't you hate it when you're trying to get somebody's attention? And it's not that they don't hear you, but that they ignore you. How infuriating is that? This woman, at the greatest time of need, is calling out to Jesus, and she's doing it right. Lord, son of David, have mercy. Have mercy. I've got a daughter. Have mercy on me. What does he do? Doesn't even look at her, right? Totally ignores her. Our beloved Jesus Christ of Nazareth totally ignores this girl, this woman. Totally ignores her. Remember, it wasn't her time. Jesus said the kind of healing she needed was only available to the ethnic descendants of Abraham at that time. Her time would come, but it would be later. After his death, burial, and resurrection. Some scholars say that the disciples were not saying to him, she's bugging us, send her away. But they were saying, give her what she wants. We don't care, just give her what she wants, she's driving us crazy. But Jesus ignored them as well. Then he said, I was not sent to you, woman but I was sent to the lost sheep of the house of Israel. I was sent. He came into his own, and his own received him not, but he was sent to them. Jesus is revealing this massive, eternal, redemptive plan to the Jew first, and then also to the Greek. And she is a Greek. The Bible says that from Syrophoenicia. To her, this Revelation, I'm not sent to you first, is just a minor detail that she refuses to be stopped by. So here's what she does in response to his theological explanation of why it's not happening. She gets closer to him. She gets up in his face. And Mark says, and she worshipped him. She transitioned from crying out for mercy into giving him worship and praise. In other words, when she did not get the response she wanted, she did not stop and walk away and be offended. Rather, she kicked up her devotion a notch and began to worship Jesus from her heart. I'm telling you, if you do not get what you want from the Lord the first time, don't stop and don't back off and don't back up. But you press in closer to him and you begin to give him worship. Thank you, Jesus. I haven't gotten all that I've asked for, but I want you to know you're worthy of my praise anyway. I don't even deserve your attention, but I'm here to give you praise. I will bless the Lord at all times and your praise will continually be in my mouth. Don't stop. Don't back off. Don't quit. Press ahead into his presence and worship at a closed door. If you can worship at a closed door, it won't be long before God will open maybe another door, but he's going to get his blessings to you. You hear what I'm saying? Worshiping at a closed door. And Jesus' response to that, it's amazing. He said, the healing you want, woman, 
is like children's bread. It's not right for me to give the children's bread to dogs. It's gone from ignoring to a theological explanation to now, woman, you're just a dog. And in the Greek, it's a dog. It's Make no mistake, it's a cut down. You're just a dog. I can't give you the children's bread. Now, if you're like the rest of us, you've probably put on a pound or two during the holidays. I'm just going to tell you, I hate fasting, but I'm kind of looking forward to it. Because I have eaten everything in sight. I go to a party yesterday. I hung out with Miss Cynthia and the family and, and, and some others, and I, I ate. I ate. I told Valerie, I'm not going to eat. They had a big old cake. It's cake, right? I mean, cake, icing, nice cake. So what do I do? I throw down the cake. I've been throwing down everything in sight. I don't even eat crackers. Valerie makes these cracker things. Wow, these crackers are awesome. Mm, I think I'll eat them all. I know those Girl Scout cookies, they got to be coming around soon, and I hate them because I buy them. I buy box loads of them. I'm like, sure, honey, I'll give me 17 boxes. And then they come in, and they're gone in a couple of days. And where did they go? Oh, that's right. I ate them all. Every one of those dosey those peanut butter things, those, oh, eat them all. And so the holidays have come around. I've been eating turkey and uh, ham and dressing and all those finger foods, just tons and tons of food. When Lyra Jane was dedicated a few weeks ago, we had a turkey, and I was out there carving the turkey after church, carving that turkey. I was dropping some pieces. Some pieces were flying off my electric knife and falling on the ground. And and I almost went down and got some little crumbs of turkey, but I thought, you know what? I'm not going to get them. You know why? I got a dog. His name is Opie. Opie's blind as a bat. Opie's old as the hills. But he still has his sense of smell, and he's got a tongue and a mouth, and he knows how to find the crumbs. How many of you know what I'm talking about? You got a little yapper like that, knows how to find the food. He knows how, he can't get up on the table, that kind of thing, but he can find the food. And I thought to myself, I'll just leave that little bit of turkey meat right there. I mean, little tiny crumbs. I'll leave that for Opie because when he comes out here, he's going to be so happy. And sure enough, you know, Opie, you know, runs into the wall, boom, you know, run, runs into the wall. He sniffs, 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 and then he, find, he gets on the trail, and he finds the turkey, and he eats it up, and Opie is so happy. When I was growing up, the adults would sit at one table, and the kids would sit at another table. I used to go to Waldo, Arkansas with my grandparents. And my grandmother had this huge oak table. And she had six boys and a girl. And so the immediate family and some of the in-laws could sit at this big old oak table. But then the kids, we always got that metal table that, you know, we had to set up, set it up. And the kids sat there in, in, in the way at this little table. And it was shaky table. It was, you know, that's, that's where the kids sat. And the kids were always sloppy and messy. And if there were any dogs in the house, the dogs knew where they could get the food. They would go to the kids' table. You know why? Because the kids in a normal functioning family, 
the kids are not hoarding the food, taking the food and putting it in their pockets and, and, and hiding it. In a normal family, the kid knows there's more where this came from. There's plenty to go around. If I drop a little bit, if Opie gets some of it, it don't matter. Mom and Dad got more where this came from. I'm not going to leave this table hungry. They knew there was more than enough at the table as a kid. And you know what? That's what was going on here. That woman then says, listen, Jesus, I hear what you're saying, but listen to me. Even the dogs get the crumbs that fall at the children's table. What she was saying is, there's so much power and so much healing that you possess that just a little tiny bit of it, it, it it's, it's, there's so much, there's more than enough. And, and I, I can take some of those crumbs, that's all I need, just a little crumb. There's more power in your pinky, Lord, than the power of the devil that is controlling my daughter. And she was saying, just give me a little crumb. I just want a crumb. I just want a little bit. Let me tell you something. No matter what you're facing, no matter what's going on in your family, in your world, in your finances, in your physical health, there is more power in just a little bit of the power of God than all the power of the enemy. No wonder if God is for us, who can be against us, right? Come on, give him some praise. Can you do it? Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. And her answer to him astounded Jesus. Astounded him. He said, you have great faith. It's going to happen just as you desire. Forget the fact that I ignored you. Forget the fact that we're crossing a theological hurdle. And forget the fact that I wasn't sent to you. Not yet. You're going to get just what you want because you have an unstoppable faith. Here's the bottom line. Her faith activated his mercy. And here's what his mercy did. The power of God flowed through that mercy. And Jesus did not even go to this girl. He didn't go to this girl. He didn't lay hands on this girl. She wasn't even there. She wasn't at the service. He didn't lay hands on her. He didn't anoint her with oil. He didn't say, in my own name, I rebuke you. Come out of her. He didn't do any of that. He just looked at the woman and said, your faith is so great. The deed is done. The power of God in this Canaanite daughter that was controlling and manipulating her, causing her all kinds of grief and her family all kinds of grief, that power they couldn't get rid of. The power of God just shows up wherever she was and immediately annihilated the enemy that had been controlling her. I'm telling you, it doesn't matter what you're facing. It doesn't matter what somebody you love is facing. I know a God who has mercy beyond our comprehension with a power beyond our comprehension, how he knows how to get right to the heart of the matter and deliver and heal and make a difference. Listen to this. It wasn't even time for this lady to receive anything from God. Essentially, she lived under a closed heaven. And yet, because of her persistency, 
and her faith-filled appeal to his mercy in spite of overwhelming odds she got her miracle here's the deal now we live under an open heaven it is our time how much more should we expect our miracle how much more should we expect the mountains to move and the demons to flee and the healing to come and the breakthrough to come because it's a new day I started out telling you this is New Year's Eve we're kissing 2017 goodbye telling it good and riddance and we're coming into 2018 and we're coming in it with faith we're coming in it with the blessing and the favor of God this is a year of restoration and renewal God wants to do things above and beyond what you're able to comprehend. He wants to reveal his power and his glory and his mercy. I'm not blowing smoke, y'all. I'm not trying to get you all emotional. I'm just telling you, God has the ability to change everything in your life and heal every broken place in your life, no matter what you're facing. We just need to have a sense of faith and urgency about us like this little Canaanite woman did. No matter what your past is, forget it. Forgive yourself. No matter what your failures have been, forget it. Forgive yourself. Look to Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith, and say, I'm coming to you, Jesus, and I'm asking for you to do some great things. I need you to bless me in this area and in this area in this area. There's nothing wrong with that. You know that, don't you? The crumbs, there's so much that there's leftovers. It's not like, I, sometimes I've heard this in pastoring people like, I don't want to bother God with my little problem. Are you kidding me? Bother God. Let's look at that phrase, bother God. I don't want to, you know, take, you know, he could give that to somebody else. Let's look at that phrase. He could give that to somebody. He might run out. Listen, he owns the gold on a thousand hills. The earth is the Lord's in the fullness thereof. What do you need today? What do you need in your life? Bring that need to the Lord Jesus because he is willing and able to help you. Can you give him some praise right now? Stand with me. Stand with me. He's able. He's willing. We don't have a high priest who can't be touched with the feelings of our infirmities. This woman wasn't perfect. Who is? If you're perfect, you really need to leave this church. I'm going to give you a warning. We will mess you up. No doubt. If you're perfect, you need to leave. This woman wasn't perfect. While she came from messed up people, messed up places. Are you serious? Delilah, Goliath, Jezebel. Those are her people. She was from that place. And Jesus said, woman, I, I long for this kind of thing. I will jump every obstacle, every barrier that I put in place myself to heal your daughter because I love this kind of thing. I'm telling you, the Bible says when Jesus comes to the earth again, will he find faith? He's looking for faith in the earth. This needs to be a year of restoration and renewal. And what's going to connect us to that is a faith in a merciful God who holds all power and authority in his hands. Amen. And I want to encourage you. Reach out. What do you have need of today? Somebody needs to cry out 
have mercy on me. Somebody needs to worship at a closed door, at an unanswered prayer. Someone who's not perfect needs to say, Lord, I've got some needs. Could you help me? There's some generational curses and cycles that can be broken, some family traditions that can be broken if you'll do what I'm telling you. This little girl was healed, and her, the fame of her healing spread far and wide and prepared the soil for what would become a church some 20 years later when the Apostle Paul went there to those areas, Tyre and Sidon. There was a church that was already established there. We have no idea how it started, but the seeds of its beginning started with a Canaanite girl possessed by a demon, healed by the power and mercy of Jesus. What future could be in store for your family? Maybe that little girl was in that church all those years later. Maybe she was a leader in that church, led a small group. She led a group called Demon-Possessed Young Girls. Tell you my story. There was no hope. This is back before the cross. But my old mama, y'all remember her? My mama. She ran the brothel. My mama. She found her way to Jesus. She found her way to an old fashioned altar. And she dropped at his knees and he said, Honey, it's not time for you yet. She pushed on through. And I was lying asleep in my bed in the middle of the night having a nightmare when all of a sudden I saw a man come to me in a vision and he laid hands on me and those tormenting spirits left me and I woke up totally different because my mama came to Jesus out of desperation and worshipped at a closed door and an unanswered prayer and refused to stop what could change in your life if you wouldn't stop but you would press on and press through in the name of Jesus. Could you bow your heads with me right now? Father, I thank you for your kindness. Thank you for your mercy. Jesus, the kindness of God, the mercy of God. Call for that mercy today, Lord. We reach for that mercy today, Lord. We ask you to touch some desperate people in this room today, God. Maybe some moms praying for some kids. Maybe some dads praying for some kids. Maybe some marriages, some homes, some young people. Maybe somebody you're praying for your mom and dad. Grandparents. There's some sickness. There's some lack. There's some stuff. There's some needs. I serve a God who is able. Hallelujah.